welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. On yesterday's show, I covered the Super Bowl. I felt like I covered it pretty extensively. But as I mentioned towards the end of the podcast, that I probably was going to have further thoughts and opinions. And I was right. There were still a few things that I wanted to touch on. So one of the first things I noticed when I re-listened to the podcast, making sure everything was right, is I didn't even mention the score. So while I did mention that the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs and they handled them pretty well and their defense just completely dominated and all sorts of facts about the game and little fun facts of after the game and what people said, I never said the score. So the score was 31-9. to wasn't even close. So there's that. And then so... The, one of the two main things that I wanted to talk about, both of them involve the unsportsmanlike conduct, and it was on two separate occasions, and I kind of have kind of different opinions about how, like, about each situation. So the first one I wanted to bring up was the Antoine Winfield Jr. when he was flashing the peace sign to Tyree Kill in the fourth quarter after they made a big, after he made a big fourth down stop, and it basically kind of put the the nail in the coffin for the Chiefs at that point and Tony Romo was making a big deal how like how unprofessional and how like had no place in the game to be rubbing it in the face of Tyreek Hill after the Buccaneers basically just ended their dream of a Super Bowl but then as with further reflection and then following on Twitter the internet reminded everybody that when they previously played, Tyreek Hill had just an incredible first quarter, over 200 yards reception, a couple touchdowns. And on one of those, he completely burned the Buccaneers' defense. And while he was on his way to the end zone, Antoine Winfield was the closest Bucks defender to him. And Tyreek Hill turned around and flashed him the peace sign. Andrew Winfield obviously didn't forget that. And I love it. Like, I love the pettiness of it. I appreciate that Tyreek Hill took the L. You know, I think a lot of times with when taunting happens and a lot of shit talking happens, a lot of times you'll see, especially when frustration starting to boil over, players losing their cool and starting to fight and just getting after it. But, you know, Tyreek Hill, he's a professional, so I definitely want to acknowledge that, hey, like, he's willing to taunt and when things are going well, but when things are going the complete opposite of well and as they were going on Sunday night, you know, Tyreek Hill just walked on by and let Andrew Winf- or Antoine Winfield kind of be able to kind of bask in his moment. And that's why I think at the end of the day, if there's no physical contact, like no punching and the shit talking is kind of kept to just like basically shit talking and it's like we, we stay away from anything like racial I think that there should they should be allowed to do it. Like these guys are professional. It gives it gives us something to talk about because at the end of the day, it's like it is sport, and we're there to see the best play against the best. But at the end of the day, it's a business and it's entertainment, and we're investing like money and time whenever we watch these guys play. And I feel like anything that can add to the entertainment value of the game is good in my book and i think being able to shit talk being able to celebrate big plays that should be a part of the game like i said so as long as you're not actually fighting anybody or getting like real down and dirty with like some like racial speak or something like that like i feel like 
the unsportsmanlike conduct should just be reserved for, you know, the worst offenses of, you know, because if you look at in hockey, for example, these guys are allowed to, first off, these guys are allowed to fist fight and they only get a five minute timeout. But besides the fist fighting that happens in hockey, you look at, at basically at the end of every whistle, there are scrums, there are people talking shit to each other, there's everything going on. And I feel if we had the ticky tacky rules and kind of, you know, unsportsmanlike calls that get like flags thrown in football and stuff, basically the entire, an entire hockey game would have people in the box because before, with some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct. So I feel like. In the case with Antoine Winfield, him flashing the peace sign, you know, especially when Tyree Kill did that in the previous game, I don't think that that should be considered unsportsmanlike. If anything, that should just be that, hey, that's a part of the game. It's entertainment. If you don't want Antoine Winfield to pat, flash the peace sign at you, then fucking make the play. Make the first down because I guarantee you he won't do that when you do that or if you score a touchdown again. So, um, you know, it's so, but on the, so there was another moment of, where unsportsmanlike was called. And I felt like this situation was a little different. And the situation that I'm talking about is with the safety of the Chiefs, Tyron Matthew and Tom Brady. So Tom Brady was towards the end of the first half. He had just hit Antonio Brown for a touchdown. The Buccaneers are now going to go up 21 to 6. And what like everyone can see, it looked like Tyron Matthew came up and basically got right up in Tom Brady's face and like almost put his finger in Tom Brady's face talking some shit. And Tom Brady just wasn't having it. He basically like ran after Tyron Matthew and just got back in his face. And see, I feel like with that unsportsmanlike conduct, it's like, well, one thing, when I saw him putting his finger in his face, he wasn't touching him. So if anything, I think like what I previously said, I think this is good. It gave us something to talk about. It was entertaining when it happened. It was like, oh, shit, dude, look at Tyron Matthew. Look at Tom Brady. They're, like, getting after it. But I'd like to point out the difference between Antoine Winfield and Tyron Matthew. So, like, Antoine Winfield, where his unsportsmanlike conduct, it was basically him flexing on Tyreek Hill, which, you know, I think that that's kind of, you know, that that's cool. Like, I'm cool with that and all. But, like, with Tyron Matthew, I felt like it was a pretty bad look on him because, it was definitely like it was him kind of looking like a crybaby bitch honestly like i'm sorry like that's just how it looked they were down 21 to 6 nothing was going right it was the super bowl tom brady had just extended the lead going into the half and tyron matthew looked like he had just completely lost his cool it wasn't like tom brady came up and up and Tyron Matthews face and it was just like fuck you motherfucker we just scored a touchdown from what it looked like is Tyron Matthew got up in Tom Brady's face and had a problem with I don't know what happened I don't know if Tyron Matthew had a problem with him scoring you know but like I had mentioned earlier it's like if you got a fucking problem with that then you need to stop him okay and I don't care what Tom Brady was celebrating I don't know what he was saying it's like if you're gonna come at his face after you just got punked and you've just gotten a couple t three touchdowns scored on you in the first half and you're the captain of that defense and one of the big pieces of the defense that everyone talks about when the Chiefs are underrated that hey at least they got the honey badger you know it looks bad honestly like it's like unless Tom Brady said something so heinous and when I'm saying like something heinous is if Tom Brady said something like I said along the racial lines that's the only thing that I could think of that would make Tyron Matthew 
in any way justified in that moment to get in front of in Tom Brady's face. Because to me, it was like, you just got to take the L, man. Like, and even after the game, he's kind of talking about like, oh, you know, Tom Brady, I've never seen a side of TB12 that way. And, and if you've seen me in my entire career, I've always treated Tom Brady with respect and I've only had any nice things to say about him. And I would like to point about that. It's like, sure, maybe every time you've played Tom Brady, you've only had nice things to say about him and you've treated him with respect and you've never gotten in his face like that. But at the same time, you've never played Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and had him kicking your ass. And, you know, I think emotions can boil over. And that's one of the things that, that happens in sport. Even it reports came out after the fact that immediately after the Super Bowl, Tom Brady texted Tyron Matthew a lengthy apology just about what had happened, and he wanted to say that his outburst and an emotional moment were in no way a reflection on his feelings towards Matthew, who he thinks is, quote, a leader, a champion, and a class act, ultimate competitor. Tom Brady said he's been a fan of, of Tyron Matthew since his days at LSU. So, Tom Brady obviously has shown respect. He reached out to him. I felt like that was a class act move. And like I said, unless Tom Brady said something, like I said, something more like like something racist, I really don't see what Tyron Matthew could be, how he could be justifying this. He even came out later with a tweet that he immediately deleted, or I don't know how quick he deleted it, but he did delete it, where he said, he called me something I won't repeat. But yeah, I'll let all the media throw me under the bus as if I did something or said something to him. Go back to my previous games against TB12 and I show him nothing but respect. Look at my interviews about him. But it's like, he's like acting like he's playing the victim. Like he's saying, oh, like I did or said something. It's like, dude, bro, you literally got up in his face after he scored a touchdown. Like you look like the instigator so i don't like i literally don't care what he said like if he called you expletive 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 said something about your mom like dude like you're a professional athlete like take take an example from your buddy tyreek hill like that's what happened that's what you should do when someone's like talking shit or flexing on this just like walk to the sideline bro like get the get get the best of them next time because it's like you're not you don't look tough when you're like arguing like that earlier in the season there was some there was an instance with the seahawks in arizona where one of the arizona defenders was just going crazy trying to get after dk metcalf and it's like bro you're not showing him you're not flexing you're not looking hard you're not repping your neighborhood or your boys or anything like that like you literally look like a fucking pussy who can't handle the heat of the moment or that the moment is too big for you show some composure and you know i feel like tyron matthew that's what sucks because i hate when when like athletes that you do have a lot of respect for don't take accountability or place blame or i don't know just try to like just not own up to just like the moment like i felt like him with that tweet later on like not even acknowledging that tom brady had apologized for hey you know, I respect you. And then the heat of the moment, you know, it's like he didn't even acknowledge that. If anything, it looked like he was trying to imply that Tom Brady said something heinous and super nefarious. And the thing is, is this was the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl has the most cameras, the most microphones. Tom Brady was one of the 
he was basically one of the main storylines going into that game, that it was his 10th Super Bowl, it was his 7th, he's going for his 7th ring. So if anything, if he said something horrible, it's going to come out. And I think that's why a lot of the internet, when I'm looking at all of the reactions to Tyron Matthew, a lot of the people are kind of not on Tyron Matthew's side because they saw what I saw. They saw someone who lost his cool, who could see that his team was not getting the was was not getting the good end of the of the game it was obvious like that and he just looked like he was letting out his emotions and his frustration so I, at the end of the day I think Tyron Matthews is an excellent player I you know I think he's going to bounce back he's one of the best safeties in the league I have nothing res- but respect for him and I think me talking about this is more just disappointment in an athlete just just like not being a man Honestly, like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when Deontay Wilder after he lost um, his second fight with Tyson Fury and all of a sudden it's just a list of excuses like, oh, my my ring outfit was too heavy or I I think Tyson Fury had his gloves loaded or his his gloves were too loose. So his reach was even farther. And it's just like it sucks. Like this is one of those. It's like a situation where it's like, don't you have a friend? or a family member who's around you to tell you like dude you, you just got to like you just got to own this man cuz there's you're you're never going to look better making excuses like it really is and it's funny sometimes when people will even say they're not making an excuse while making an excuse so you know with Tyron Matthew I I think that if there was something bad like really horrible said like something that he literally couldn't repeat or didn't want to repeat or anything unless it was something really bad it that's that'll come out but until then it's just going to look like i think tyron matthew uh just is going to look bad in this situation so the one last thing from the super bowl i wanted to talk about or at least i could think about talking about for today's show was i didn't mention anything about the halftime show so the weekend performed uh, i was uh he he said he sang all his biggest hits and i don't know about you guys i actually was a big fan of it you know, I saw one of my buddies on Facebook saying, I think he's called The Weekend because he just ruined my weekend with that halftime performance. And I thought that was definitely, uh, I, I, I thought that was more like he must have been just trying to be funny because I thought The Weekend killed it. But then again, I'm a big fan of The Weekend. I think all the songs are <laughs> pretty catchy. I mean, every song he's saying out there, I thought like I knew the words too. And I was a big fan when they went into the stage and you know, did all that shaking camera. I remember think I told my wife, I was like, I think there's some drunk people puking right now because it definitely was like making me go dizzy and stuff. But, and I wasn't even drinking, keep in mind. So, yeah, no, I thought it was really impressive. I, th- I heard he put like $7 million of his own money into it. So I don't know if that performance looked like it, it was, you know, because it was dope, but like, if he spent an extra seven million, it makes me think like what the hell the show would have looked like if the weekend didn't invest his own money into it. So all in all, I thought it was a good show, and yeah, you know that was a Super Bowl Fifty Five, and I think that that's probably the last I'll talk about it. But uh, you never know. There's a long. It's a long time till preseason football, so I guess being able to talk about the last game that happened is probably will come up in the future. But as of right now, I'm not planning on it. So as we make our way out of football season, basketball season is in full full swing. 
baseball season is about to pick up. The pitchers are about to report to spring training, and spring training is about to start. And you know, hockey's going. There's UFC this weekend, and I figure I'd end this show. I want to touch up on a little bit of basketball. Last night, the Lakers played, and they had, they won over OKC, one nineteen to one twelve in overtime. LeBron James killing it. It was his third triple-double of the year. He got 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. They needed a performance like that because they were resting Anthony Davis last night with uh, tendonitis in his Achilles. So, you know, LeBron James, he's been playing, I feel like, at an MVP, MVP level this year. Anthony Davis, he's been kind of, you know, I feel like he came into the season maybe a little out of shape and it's been a little slow to kind of get him back to his prime form and he's even admitted that he's not playing his best basketball but in LeBron James has stepped it up he's averaging 25 and a half eight and eight on the season you know he's putting he's still putting in like close to you know about 35 minutes a game over the past two games he's played 89 minutes so that's a lot of minutes he's been logging in so if for me I do I'm hoping that the Lakers can can maintain their like their health and maintain their squad throughout the season. I do think that tendonitis in the Achilles for someone is is something to worry about. And because when I hear that, I think about Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant, two notable people who've torn their Achilles, and that's the last thing I would want. I mean knock on wood for Anthony Davis, especially after signing a big extension with the Lakers. So, um, yeah, I think hopefully the, I think the Lakers should be fine. And I think that they're good enough that they don't need to try to do go all out to try to get the two or the one seed for home court advantage. I feel like the squad is good enough to win a series, win some games in Denver or Utah if they have to. And then, you know, keep in mind that, the Clippers are one of the other teams that might finish ahead of them, and they play in the same building. So I don't think that that should be an issue. So, you know, I think the Lakers are doing good, but I would just kind of monitor, I guess, the workload of LeBron since, you know, he's no spring chicken now. And, uh, you know, hopefully Anthony Davis, his that tendonitis won't be an issue or a lingering thing as the season goes on, and hopefully he can get healthy and get up to 100%, and, you know, Lakers can get back on the road towards the repeat. And the other one other piece of basketball news I wanted to point out was in last night's uh, Hornets and Houston Rockets game. The Hornets won 119-94. Man, the rookie LaMelo Ball, he's really living up to the hype. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, and an impressive 7 three-pointers on 12 attempts. So he's definitely, I feel like, LeVar Ball, he was not overhyping at least this son. And when you think about it, I mean, two of his sons are prominent players in the NBA. LaMelo Ball is literally looking like a star. Like he's like his brother was thought to be maybe a star in the making, being drafted number two overall to LA, but LaMelo Ball looks like the real deal. He's getting it all done. I mean the fact that he started on the bench and he's played so well that he's forced himself into the start the starting rotation. It's impressive. I it's making the Hornets must watch basketball. I never thought I would say that, even though their jerseys are dope. I never thought I'd actually want to be watching Hornets games, but LaMelo Ball is changing that. So definitely, uh, you know, basketball, it's definitely heating up. Look forward to talking more about it. But until next time, this has been a Cali Green Monster Show. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dean Ryan. Peace.